I've talked to people over the years that said, you know, I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with the Lord. Uh, I'm not sure in my own mind whether that will take take place because when I get to heaven, I'll know as he knows. But we certainly will spend some time with him. As we looked at Isaiah 55 and, you know, verse 8 when he said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. So we don't think like the Lord. We don't act like the Lord. I'm talking about as a natural way of life. How we look upon things, we certainly don't look upon sickness or disappointment the way that God does. Uh, we are uh, sick or we're healthy. He cares us or don't care us uh, for however he feels is necessary. In this same chapter of Isaiah 55 and verse 11, Isaiah said, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereto I send it. What is so amazing here is that if we look at God's word, and we look at just these two verses in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and uh, 11, and we read those two verses together. He said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. We don't handle any situation the way God would handle it. We, If we're saved and in his will, we come close, but the road to get there probably would not be the same. Then in verse 11, so shall my word be that draw forth out of my mouth. It shall accomplish. You know, it's not going to return, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things where I send it. The same word preached to me many times but when it was my time to be saved it was different the Holy Spirit bared witness with that word the word was the same you know if you're lost today and I preach the word the word doesn't change because you're lost but it may not accomplish what God wants it to accomplish today but it will accomplish what God wants to throughout. You know, God's warnings are absolute. You know, when uh, you know, we, I, I'm sure I've done it, but in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, you know, God said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reapeth. God's warnings are absolute. If we sow to the world, we'll reap to the world, whether we're lost or whether we're saved. I think saved people sometimes think, you know, 
God's going to look at me different because I'm one of his children. I believe, if anything, he's harder on his children because he that knoweth to do good and doeth not, to him is sin. So, you know, that poor, uh, you know, lost person that never heard the word, but if I've heard the word and I know what the word and I deliberately go against the word, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to deal with me more harshly and he's going to deal with somebody that has never heard. God's promises, you know, changed by the word of God. Remember the title. God's promises are absolute. He's, it's absolutely absolute. Go back to uh, Psalms 119 and verse 26. When we look at the 119 and verse 26, God says this. I have declared my ways, and thou hearest me, teach me thy statutes. Now, what God is saying here is very clear when we look at verse uh, 20, you know, my soul, my soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. I believe a saved person that deliberately goes against God's word, it bothers his conscience. It affects him. I may not know it. You may not know that God's word is affecting me. But see, James said, he that knoweth to do good and doeth not is what? Is sin. That's why that we expect more out of a six-year-old brought up in a normal Christian home than we do a one-year-old. We expect that six-year-old to know more, to be more obedient. So he that knoweth to do good and deliberately doeth not, we're sinning. We are sinning. So he tells us uh, in, you know, in verse 26, I have declared my ways, and thou hearest me, teach me thy statutes. Teach me thy statutes. When we have heard the Lord, and everyone in this room this morning, that if you're saved, you've heard the word of the Lord. Now, he applied that word. The Spirit came in and he teaches us. We're changed by the word of God. But I, I think people in general, we you know, talk about family members or neighbors or whoever, and we look at their lifestyle and we say, you know, why would they do that? That's wrong. They may not know it's wrong. I mean, you know, evidently, uh, there's very few people in this world today that believe that dope is wrong because it's a highly rated. I mean, in my 
mind there's more people on dope and there isn't because it is accepted. And when sin is accepted, it's no longer sin in many people's minds. Now, our first point here is how God's word changes us. Eight ways God's word changes us. When we look at the, uh, the Psalms 119 and we look at verse 7, the psalmist said, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall learn thy righteous judgment. The word of God teaches us true principles of praise. Some are, it deepens fear of a situation. Now, most people won't agree to to this, but I believe a, a lot of Christians, it's not that they, you know, necessarily think it's wrong, but they're afraid. I'm afraid to go against God's word if I know it. Think about that. That's why that we preach subjects that you know we don't expect people to change. But when that opportunity comes, you know, If we know what the word of God says, it affects us. Now, the more it affects us, the stronger we will be against whatever it is. But there's praise in evangelism. There's praise when we see God save an individual, when we see an individual that was maybe on drugs or alcohol or whatever, and we see the change that God makes, we praise God for that change because we know that that person did not change on their own. Any change is because of God's working in that person. But it's our responsibility to live in front of that person And also, as opportunity comes, to speak to that person. Because the word of God will, it teaches us true principles of praise. In verse 19, in verse 19 of Psalms 119, God says this. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. I mean, you get on Facebook and I just smile when I, somebody sent me something. I looked and, you know, they got this 100, 200, 300 followers. But the word of God 
you know, it drives home our earthly status. It makes the decision of the focus by determining our life's philosophy. My lifestyle is based upon this word. What I believe is based upon this word. I've never studied abortion. I've seen some pictures. I took some, you know. But I know that it is God that gives life. It is God that takes life. So my stand on abortion is based on the word of God. It's wrong to kill. the word of God that gives me my belief on homosexuality or this foolishness that's going around in our society now. I wouldn't be as strong as I am on those things, against those things, if I did not know what God's word says about it. See, the word of God if you're saved, will change your opinion. None abides forever. You know, people are living like they're never going to die. We look at people who have cancer. We look at people who have heart problems, diabetics, whatever, some disease that we know that, humanly speaking, how serious it is. But there's young people, adults that die every day. As far as we know, there's nothing physically wrong with them. Why? Because the word tells us it is appointed unto man once to die. So we are changed by the word of God. You're not going to be changed because the preacher says this or your best friend says this. It may influence you, but it'll only influence you for a little while. But when God changes your mind and heart, it's permanent. That's why you can never be lost once God saves you. You can live like you're lost. You can not put God in the front of your life. So what does God do when that happens? He either chastens you and brings you back, or he just takes you home. But it's a word. And why so many people are not living the Christian life is because the pulpits are not preaching the word of God. They're not studying the word of God. They're not reading the word of God. Of God. If you're saved this morning, you were changed by the word of God. Some man may have preached it, some best friend you had when, when you were in trouble talked to you, witnessed to you, but it was the word of God. We seek a country. I mean, you know, we want something better. I don't care how forcing you are to be wealthy or healthy or whatever, we know there's something better than what we have here. And in Hebrews chapter 11, God says, Hebrews 11th chapter. Let's look at verse 13. God said, 
These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the, on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. I know there's something better than this. I don't care how good this earth, the pandemic can go away, no sickness, but there's something better than this, and that's glory. So that is why I'm like everybody else. I've talked to people, you know, everybody views at different times, you know. I'm not afraid to die. I don't want to die. But if I had went to the heart doctor and they said, you, you know, you approximately got about six months to, to live. You know, I don't know how I would have handled it, but I'd like to think I would have handled it. Let's serve God more than we ever did these next six months. Because he has prepared a place for me. See, just like everybody that is sick, there's got to be something better than this. You know, so we don't abide forever in, on this earth. It brings reality into focus about planting roots. We're not going to live forever. And when we can get the mentality, that house at 326 Elderberry Drive in Carlisle is not mine. It belongs to the Lord. That car out there in the parking lot belongs to the Lord. He said, but you worked for it. You paid for it. But who gave me the ability? I want to work, I'm willing to work, but who gave me that want to? Changed by the word of God. When we look at Psalms 119 and verse 45, it says, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. For I have hope in thy judgments. I have hope in thy judgments. See, it removes religious rubbish from our lives. Liberty literally means a wise space. I'm free to serve God because he is my Savior. 
It may be one day I won't be able to preach behind a pulpit. I may not be able to go to church in a building. But they can't take what God has put in my heart. Cannot do that. Changed by the word of God. The truth makes us free. It is the truth. That's why there's so many people out in the world, if you ask them, are they saved? Do you know the Lord is your personal Savior? If you died, are you going to heaven? They'll say, I hope so. I believe so. I, you know, I, I'm doing the best I can. But if you've been changed by the word of God, Steve Hampton is not going to heaven because of what he does or what he believes. He's going to heaven because of what Christ has done. He's done it. And because he changed me, he changed Steve, he changed everyone that is truly saved, now the word has taught me and taught you, if you're truly saved, that Christ is number one. He's number one. That he's the one that can heal my body. He's the one that can change a a situation in the church that, that is bothering me or in my home that's bothering me. God can do that. Now, the world wants you to go see a psychiatrist or psychologist. I'm probably one of the few preachers that are not against psychiatrists and psychologists. I think they have their place. I've got utterly respect. But some goes off. So like some who say they're a preacher goes off. But only the word of God will change us. You know, the truth makes us free, according to John eight thirty two, And we are free in the spirit of the Lord, but not free to sin. I'm free. I'm free to do anything that God has allowed me to do that will be benefit to me or his work, and that will glorify him. Anything that I do or you do that does not glorify the Lord, we need not do it. It's a work of the flesh. Now, God said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's liberty. When God is guiding me, see, that's why I don't argue with Jehovah Witness. I invite them. I talk to them. I challenge them. And when they tell me, we're Jehovah Witness. I said, praise God, I'm Jehovah Witness too. I'm a witness for Jehovah God. And it gives me an opportunity to tell them what Jehovah God, how he saves a person. And you know as well as I know, when I do that or you do that, you don't have to ask them to leave. They leave. Because they only know a certain amount of scripture. What is the difference? The word of God made a difference in me. Don't ever 
you know, you ought to thank God and you'll remember the preacher that uh, led you to the Lord or your mom that led you to the Lord, whoever first talked to you about the Lord, you'll always remember that person. But they didn't save you. It was God that saved you. Free from the law of sin and death, according to Romans 8.2. We're free. Free from the law of ritual. I don't have to go through some rituals to be saved. You know, I feel sorry for one of the largest Protestant churches believes you've got to be baptized to be saved. I believe you ought to be baptized. But it it got nothing to do with your salvation. Now, who taught you that? Who taught me that? Changed by the word of God. Back in the 19th Psalm and verse 50, when we look at verse 50, we, we see here that God said, This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word have quickened me. When we're hurting, when we're hurting, when we got pain, it's good to know the word that says, I will not put more upon you than you can bear. You know, but what Psalms 119 and verse 50, you know, it, it told us very clear. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The word has made me who I am and what I am. It changed me. You may have to live physically according to your circumstances, but you can live spiritually above them. I got a poem that I tried to find it yesterday. I couldn't. But this this lady, they were going to take her to the nursing home. And they were telling her how sorry that they were, and she was saying, oh, it's it's fine. You know, I hope you like your room. Oh, I love my room. My room is going to be this. There's a window here. There's here. What was that woman now? I'm sure the family is saying, she's lost it. Is it? You know, I know people who go on vacation and they said, you know, the husband wanted to go this place, the wife wanted to go this place. Anyway, they didn't get to go where they wanted to do. I'm not going to have a good time. We make up our minds sometimes. We're not going to enjoy this. Changed by the word of God. What did the word of God say? All things work for the good of those who love the Lord. See, God can make me satisfied in whatever condition I'm in. Or I can get in my mind for me to be satisfied, to be happy, I've got to have this, 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 and this. But you'll find out that this, this, and this will only last a certain amount of time. You may have to live physically 
to your circumstances, but you can spiritually live above them. Joseph is an example. God ruled in that situation. You remember Joseph? God, he found favor. He found favor. God determined a purpose for their affliction. God was glorified in their affliction. God used these votes to teach others, trust, consequences. I mean, I believe that the God who saved my soul can bless me daily. According to the word of God. Now, I believe John 3.16 as strong as anybody. I believe in John 5.24 as strong as anybody. But I also believe that when God said, don't do this, he said that for my good. But what we want in our society is a God of love that has no restraints. But you can't find that in the Word. The Word tells us what we can do and what we cannot do. And one of the things that we ought to be able to do if we're saved is to thank God that we are saved. That thank God there's nothing can happen unless he okays it. Now you ask me and people have asked me, why would God okay this? I'm not God. I'm not God. I don't know why God would do that. But as I read the word, I'm going to have good days and bad days. Good things are going to come my way. Bad things are going to come my way. But I'm assured that God is in control of everything. See, if he's not in control of everything, then he's not God. He's not God. But the God that I serve, he's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's he knows all. He sees all. He's all-powerful. There's not a thing in my life that God can't change if he so desires. Verse 59 in uh, Psalms 19, or 119 says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimony. See, the Word of God teaches us inward inspection. If you ever notice, it's easy to find a fault in somebody else, but a little harder to find it in yourself. You know why? Because we justify why we do something. But Psalms 59 Verse 59, excuse me, you know, it says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. It's not important what I think. What does God think? You know, I've asked, I mean, I've had people ask me. I know what the Bible says, Brother Vance, but what do you believe? That's an insult to me. That's an insult to me. If I'm any kind of preacher at all, I know that 
what God says is far above what I think. And it, it helps us to examine two vital elements of the Christian life, motive and method. What is our motive? And what is our method? What is your motive for not telling your neighbor about the Lord? And if you're going to make yourself feel good, what is your method? It helps us to examine two vital elements, see, motive and method. It causes us to ask, if I am saved, if I am, sa- if I am saved this morning, is what I believe is more important than what God's Word says? And I've had people tell me that. I believe this, and you can't change me. Don't, you, can't, you can't show me a verse in the Bible going to prove I'm wrong because I believe this. That is, you know, I, I really don't know what that is, but, you know, he is or she is not God. And God allows things because he's God. And we understand it not by talking to somebody. We understand it by being familiar with the word of God because we are changed by the word of God. Verse 67 in Psalms 119. It says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. It teaches us inward inspection. See, it helps us prevent ourselves from drifting. It cuts off wrong desires at a point of thought. Think about that one. When we, sometimes we have a thought and uh, we know it's wrong when we stop and think about it, but here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, God says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted himself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, when I become a free thinker, when it comes to Christianity, I said, you know, people have said, I'm a free thinker. I'm I'm not Baptist, I'm not Methodist, I'm a free thinker. What's that person telling me? I read the Word of God, and whatever I get out of the Word of God, that's what I believe. But see, a lost person can't understand the Word, and this may shock Christians. If you're out of the will of God, you can't understand the Word of God. You can memorize it, you can... Repeat it, 
but you know it. What it does, you know, as we've seen here in in Second Corinthians chapter ten and verse five, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. When we want to think higher than what the Word of God takes us, we're in the flesh. The cutoff point, should I do that? What does God say? That's the stopping point. Now, not everybody did. I'm sure I haven't done it every, every time. But we lose blessings when we set what is right and what is wrong against what God's word says. It reaches into the depths of our spirit. It reveals the outward consequences of our actions. It prevents doctrinal drifting. You know, i got a real good friend that goes out to Indian Creek Christian Church. I know the pastor. I probably know 50, 60 people that goes out there. She said, but he makes baptism, he convinced me that baptism was necessary for salvation. I said, you're right, he did. You believed him over the word of God. See, it makes no difference what I believe if it doesn't match up with what God said. We are changed by the word of God. We're not changed by our parents. We're not changed by our best friend. We're not changed by church. If we believe something, if we are convinced of it, that's why I make the statement from time to time. You know, if you believe that this pastor or any other preacher has mishandled a scripture, why don't you come to that preacher or that other pastor or whoever and say, this is what the Bible says. See, why people don't do that is they put their reasoning above God's reasoning. God doesn't have to have a reason. God said, everyone else is a sinner. You're born a sinner. You would remain a sinner if I left you alone. Amen? Every one of us would still be lost if God had left us alone. In 119 Psalm and verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In other words, there's nothing that I can do, there's nothing that I can say. I can get all kind of books and get the Greek and get the Hebrew and said, I've studied this. My professor agrees with me. God's word is settled in heaven. So what do we see? He builds integrity into our walk. He believes a soundness. What it does, 
I believe every word in the word of God. Do I understand every word? Does the flesh agree with every word? No. But this flesh is my enemy. Your flesh is your enemy. It's sinful. A spiritual man walks around in a sinful, depraved carcass. And we do the same thing that we try to do. You know, we try to make ourselves look better. We eat, try to eat right, try to exercise, all of that. And that's good. But you can't improve on a depraved body. It will always be against the spiritual. It maintains a clear mind and proper situation when we do exactly what we just read. And lastly, uh, verses 99 to 100, the true understanding. It allows you to see what others cannot see, even Christians. You may be a Christian, but if you're out of God's will, you can't see the truth. Godly wisdom results in a pure walk. Godly wisdom results in a pure talk. A pure walk results in a changed Christian. Therefore, we are changed by the word of God. Why do we have so many professing Christians? There has been no change in their life outwardly at all. Because somebody told them, you do this and you can be saved. But the word says, grow in grace and knowledge. And God will not give me more knowledge until I apply what knowledge he's already given me. And you won't find hardly anybody agree with that statement, but I can show it to you in many places. God said, grow in grace and knowledge. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the privilege.